You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. You're in for a double delight today, listeners. And that's because we have not one, but two top cat experts on our show. And they're here and they're ready to give that phrase, getting catty, a much overdue positive spin. It's time for a positive makeover. And I want at this time for all of you to give pause and applause to, in alphabetical order, Jane Brunt. She is a veterinarian and executive director of the Catalyst Council. And Elizabeth Halloran. She is a veterinarian and president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, gosh, they're so polite. Okay. Well, our good cat doctors are here to reveal some cool facts about cats. They're going to give us some medical updates in feline medicine. And most of all, they're going to help you make your home the cat's meow and much more. So put your cat on your lap and get ready to understand why your cat does what she does. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to talk all things C-A-T. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the All Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm doubly delighted today because our two guests rank as two of the top cat experts on the planet. And if I could purr like my cats, Zeke and Murphy, I would. Because our guests today are Dr. Jane Brunt. She's a veterinarian and executive director of the Catalyst Council. And Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. She's a veterinarian and president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. 
I am just jazzed that you guys could both be on the show at the same time because you guys literally are all over the place trying to spread good word about cats. So first, Jane, I'm glad to have you back because you made your debut on this show back in 2009 and that wasn't bad enough. You came back? I mean, come on. Uh, What's up? Of course. uh, (laughs) Never turned down an opportunity to talk about cats, Arden. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really glad and and you really have been bringing out the best in cats for many, many years. And just for a little background, listeners, she is the former president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners and she holds the grand title of executive director of the catalyst council now listen to that phrase the emphasis is on the word cat in catalyst and it's a young group but it's really taking on a leadership role in feline health and behavior and can you give us a little quick background about the catalyst council jane well if you think about the the word catalyst arden a catalyst is something that creates change and and you emphasize the cat because we know with statistics about oh the number of cats that need to be adopted and the and the care that they get um, that's not as good as the care as dogs that dogs get believe it or not um, but it's true so we need to make change for cats and um, a number of organizations the American Association of Feline Practitioners and the American Veterinary Medical Association and American Animal Hospital Association and all kinds of other groups and people have all joined together to want to make change for cats. So that's that's what we're about, and um, I'm honored to be on the show with Dr. Colloran. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. She's awesome. And speaking of Dr. Colloran, you're being so quiet in the background. She runs not one, but two cat clinics. She runs the Chico Hospital for Cats in Chico, California, and she also runs the Cat Hospital of Portland in Oregon. And oh yeah, she's the president of the AAFP as we've discussed, and she's getting ready for a major international cat health conference that's going to be held in Boston in September. I don't know, uh, Dr. Elizabeth, with all that traveling you do, did you just happen to pick up a pilot's license along the way? I wish I had. I just actually survive it by holding my cats in my lap as often as I can. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's one of those things where, um, like Jane, when you have found your passion, you follow it, and, and this happens to be it for me. I and, and for Jane, too. We just decided that more than anything else, we wanted to do the right thing for cats, and, and the American Association of Feline Practitioners is really aimed towards more towards veterinarians, and so we're hosting this year the first international feline medicine conference, and it'll be at in Boston in, from September 8th to the 11th. Really, really exciting collaboration between our association and the International Society of Feline Medicine. First time we've ever done it. It's very, very exciting. Oh, it is. And it's right in the backyard of Tufts University where I'm editor of Catnip. So I am working on my schedule since I live here on the left coast in California. I definitely want to attend this. You know, you've got some pretty heavy hitters there in the feline world that are going to be present. So kudos to you for getting this all set up. Well, and you are absolutely invited. Um, we're hoping to make this the first of many as as we go forward. Um, as Jane said, collaboration is how you get things done in this world. And, um, and collaboration is what this is all about. Now, before we delve into the world of feline medicine and behavior, these two ladies not only are professionally crusading for cats, but cats make up a big part of their lives. So, Jane, uh, I want you to run down a little bit. Last time we talked, you had Patty and Freddie, and Patty is P-A-D-D-Y, he's Irish, but uh, you've got another uh, cat in the house. 
Oh, Cat Stanley, C A T Stanley, <laughs> um, joined our family, our feline family, in November, and I'm happy to say that he's the spokes cat for Catalyst. He's a wonderful traveler, and he was um, sent to to me by the Dumb Friends League in Denver, who specially mm-hmm. handpicked him for his personality. And he has this little toy that I call Tiger Tail. It's about the size of a mouse with a, a tail that's twice as long, striped like a tiger, and just to watch him have these antics up and down the stairs and back and forth and and ramrodding around and the other two just kind of look out look at him like "Uh huh so um (laughs) it's it's just you know that's what it's about and uh he's actually rubbing my legs right now well i love the name it isn't just stanley it is cat stanley listeners and what's cs's markings Oh, he's a red tabby, and if anyone, if any of your listeners are familiar with the story of Flat Stanley, uh, children's uh, character where uh, this little cutout boy goes around um, with family members and gets pictures taken in different um, cities to uh, in- encourage communication in-, in children. So this is kind of a spin-off of Flat Stanley, and my little red tabby, Cat Stanley, is, uh, is um, doing his best to carry the crusade forward. How old is Cat Stanley now? He's about a year right now. Just okay. Just he'll turn right. a year this this summer. Yep. Okay, so yeah, he's no. got the zoomies still and all that. <laughs> mm, yes. Okay, and listeners, the name is not insulting. The Dumb Friends League in Denver is one of the oldest shelters and one of the largest humane shelters in the country. Years back, I actually was one of the first groups to graduate from their behavior schooling they had. And I learned that the people in Denver love that shelter so much that when there was talk about changing the name because it was called Dumb Friends, people said no. Because years and years ago, that was actually a benevolent and still is a benevolent term to our companion animals. So it's kind of a funky name that the community really embraces. Right, Jane? And it sticks. And um, there's so many people involved in dog and cat and all animal kinds of um, sheltering and and municipal and statewide initiatives and nationwide initiatives. So Bob Rohde, the executive director of the Dumb Friends League and and his whole team at at Dumb Friends League, that's ddfl.org. But they've provided some great resources, too, for for homing cats and and, animals. training cats, and, and so it's a, it's a good collaboration. They're a colleague of the Catalyst Council as well. Okay, great. And uh, Dr. Elizabeth Colloran, uh, she's not too far ever without a companion cat, and uh, I kind of want you to run down how you have managed. You've kind of got like a the new definition of cat family because of your two clinics and your home, so run down the kitties that you have in your life and where their zip codes are. They're all rescues. I want to point that out and, and because they've all come to us in, in funny little ways. The stories would go on forever. We have two cats in, um, in our Chico practice, Random and Domino. And, of course, Domino's black and white. He was mistaken for a skunk <laughs> in my pump house and, uh, oh, many years ago. And then there's Bert and Baker in Portland, and they were um, also rescues. And my most recent acquisition is, believe it or not, a purebred Burmese cat. I rescued him from a situation with a breeder that was very unpleasant, and his name is Bodhishan, which is a a Buddhist term that means one who seeks enlightenment, which I think is a great way to characterize a cat. So I am never without a cat in my life, and I'm very grateful for that because there's nothing like, as Jane said, watching a cat either sleep or powerhouse around the house chasing something, and God knows what that is. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just visited our local shelter yesterday, and um, and it brought to mind how important it is to provide lots and lots of places to to be for cats when you have multiple cats in in your family. They had a a whole bureau set of bureau drawers that were open in various stages so that the cats could hide in that, and they had high places for the cats to get up to, and and it was just a really relaxed setting where there were a lot of cats who were unrelated but actually were interacting in a pretty stress-free environment. Let's talk about that because I think what's really important is there's some simple things that we can do in our homes where we're not going to break the bank, but we also get our cats free from that poor situation where they're regarded as hairy pieces of furniture. Like you guys, I have cats and dogs, and my two cats are Murphy and Zeke, and my two dogs are Chipper and Cleo. But I have this huge cat tree in my office that looks out and down at my tree down below where there is, of course, a bird feeder. So I give my cats, you know, a little chance to do that at the birds. And the birds are like, really? I know you're trying to act like a bird, but we really know you're Murphy and Zeke. There's a big window between you and I. So ha ha. But talk a little bit, Dr. Elizabeth, about some simple things that we can do in our house that for the indoor cats, it just, you know, spices up them and makes them happy mentally and physically. I think one of the one of the most important things beyond play and high places to, to be and hiding places and so on is that if you have a lot of cats in your family or even more than one that are unrelated, that you have multiple places for them to eat. Cats who aren't related oh, okay. aren't social eaters. They don't prefer to go out with friends like we do and sit around <laughs> a table and chat. They really mm-hmm. do like to eat by themselves, and they like to make sure that there's plenty just for them. And so it's important, especially if you have cats, as I said, that are unrelated, to make sure that there are multiple places for them to eat. Okay, so you won't be seeing any chains called Feline Buffet opening up in America anytime soon? Not unless you have it in multiple rooms. Okay. You know, that's a really good tip. And Dr. Jane, what are some things from the Catalyst Council that you can share with us that would really just just simple things in the house that would bring out the best in a cat? Well, you you mentioned the vertical space, and that's so important for cats and, and hiding areas. And, and think about something that you, that you have already, the carrier, and trying to make the carrier be part of what they're accustomed to. So, so many people leave their carriers kind of closed and shoved in a closet or in the garage door, and then when it's time to go to the veterinarian, <laughs> yeah. the carrier comes out. Dun, 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 dun. I think there's like a Jaws theme playing, don't you think? Exactly, exactly. And if we could just think about uh, now, I probably have four different carriers out with cozy little things inside, the doors open or off, um, perched up on high places that are secure, of course, and mm-hmm. where they're warm. And, and when cats know that that's a non-threatening place, then that makes that whole introduction to the transport uh, phenomenon. It makes it so much easier when they're already uh, accustomed to the carrier. So having the carriers out, that provides their, their hidey places um, and keeping them warm and keeping some soft things that, that have some maybe a fleece that you've worn or a towel that mm-hmm. you've used inside. Um, so that would be something to, uh, to have around and, and be useful too. Well, that is a perfect segue, Jane, because I want everybody after the show to dash over to the org. And there is this hilarious video. It's hilarious, but it's also got some good information. And walk me through this, Jane, about this cat. You've got the perspective of a person trying to put a cat in a carrier. 
from the cat's perspective, it's a funny but very, very telling way of getting us to, to make a carrier more of a friend than a foe to our felines. Exactly, exactly. And Scotty goes to the vet, thanks to Dr. (laughs) Sheila Robertson of the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. And she is a huge cat person. Um, Her specialty is anesthesia and pain. And -hmm. we know that that, uh, we need to recognize pain more in cats because sometimes we don't. But she knows the trials and tribulations of getting cats and carriers and going to the vet. So she took it upon herself to video um, her trying to capture, as many of us have, capture her cat Scotty and, you know, the reaching under the bed and, and shoving him in the carrier and then putting him in the car and driving to the veterinarian. Then we gets to the, the waiting room, seeing all the dogs. And, and it's just so what we're used to um, thinking about. Well, then part two is Scotty's perspective. And um, it looks like, well, I think what she's done is put the camera inside the carrier and under the bed, and, and it looks like what Scotty's seeing coming to him and, and Sheila looking under the bed and, and then um, reaching for him and then his view of the trip with the carrier wobbling and the, and the car stopping and going and then meeting face-to-face the, the big happy lappy dogs in the, in the uh, reception area of the veterinary hospital. But it does bring... To the forefront, thinking, and something that's so important, and I think um, Dr. Colloran will agree, if we can start to think about what the cat's thinking and think about situations from the cat's point of view, then that becomes a very insightful, easy thing for people to think, well, gee, cats like vertical space, so why don't I give them something up there? Or, Or... they need to get accustomed to the carrier, so why don't I leave it out or just leave it in the car for a few minutes with them in it? And, and so those kinds of things, thinking from the cat's point of view, will open many, many doors for making your home and uh, the ability to get your cat to the veterinarian, which it so desperately needs on a regular basis, a much, much more pleasant experience. Yes, we're going to get rid of that fear factor for what I call the three C's in a cat's terror vocabulary, the carrier the car, the clinic, and you're going to make all these places much more inviting. Hey, folks, we're talking to Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. She is the president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners, and Dr. Jane Brunt. She is the executive director of the Catalyst Council, and we're going to get catty and talk about some really practical things that you can do to bring out the best in your cat right after we pay for this show by taking a commercial break. So everybody, sit, stay, and maybe purr. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, everybody, it's Arden Moore here, your host on the All Behave show, and I got some great news. I'm teaming up with Jason Cameron. We are doing the Dream Dog Park contest again this year, brought to you by Beneful and Wag World. So you got to listen closely because Jason has some awesome tips on how you can bring out the best in you and your dog and have a great dream dog park. So, okay, Jason, you're on. Think about the activities you and your best buddy enjoy doing together and the places you like to go, such as the beach, the mountains, or even the countryside or the city. 
And guess what, guys? I got some more great information for you. I want you to go over to www.BenefulDreamDogPark.com and you're going to learn all about the official rules and how you can enter the contest to perhaps win a $500,000 Dream Dog Park in your own community. But there's some more good things. I want you to do this, too. If you've got a great idea to spice up your dog park or ways to make dog parks even better, the first 10 people who email Arden at fourleggedlife.com with your ideas, you're going to win a awesome blue and green soft wag world dream dog park ball in celebration. We know dogs love to fetch the balls. Email Arden at fourleggedlife.com and the first 10 who do so are going to be able to get their paws on this cool ball toy for your dog. And I want you to dash over and learn more about the Dream Dog Park Contest being brought to you by Beneful. Just go to BenefulDreamDogPark.com. There you go. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Jen Davis, the creator of Garfield, urging you to listen to the O Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. Oh, yeah? We'll see about that. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm just really jazzed that I have two of my favorite cat veterinarians here, right here on our show. I'm very delighted, and I know Dr. Jane Brunt personally. We've hung out together. And Dr. Elizabeth Colloran, um, if you're willing, I'd love to meet you in person because you have a great phone voice, and you do a lot of great things for pets all over the planet. So, just be forewarned, one day I may come and take you out for coffee or something, or maybe give you a little catnip, whatever you like. You'd be always welcome, and we'd gather all the clan, and you could meet them all. It would be really fun. <sighs> I'd love to do I it. I would love it. I'm like you guys. I mean, I can't remember a day in my life that I did not have a cat. I grew up with a cat that used to go swimming in our backyard lake, and it was a Siamese cat named Corky. And anybody who had a fishing pole, Corky was their best friend. And he would eat bluegills head first. I know it sounds disgusting, but you'd see the tail wiggling. And then you'd see his big gut hanging after he's, you know, he bagged a couple of bluegills. But I don't know about you guys. There's just something about cats. So I wanted to ask each one of you, we'll start with Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. What are some of the couple of things that cats have done for you that have really maybe made you a better person? Oh, where did it begin? I think one of the things that, that I've learned so much from my cats is is that to take a, a really relaxed attitude to the world around me. Um, when things get stressful, I, ha- I you know, my cats, especially um, Bo Dyson, who just was added to my life, he'll come and sit in my lap, and all of a sudden I will find myself carefree, without any concerns left in my life because there's this purring cat in my lap who's got his feet on my chest and he's just like, just chill out, honey. And, <laughs> he's and like he's, Kitty Prozac, huh? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's sort of, and, and so he's, he's taught me to take a moment at a time and, and it's, um, it's really made a big difference when you have a really busy life like you have. I'm sure you've had the same experience. 
And what about you, Dr. Jane? What would be some kind of lesson that Cat Stanley or Patty or any of your crew or just something that the cats have taught you? Well, of course, in addition to bringing that ethereal and spiritual um, aspect to our lives, which, which they do, as, as evidenced by Dr. Collins' Bodeichen, I think I've appreciated more about watching, just watching their subtle body languages and signs of their postures and, and ear sets and, and really picking up on and, and recognizing um, those kinds of, of cues that really, if you think about it, apply to all mammals um, and, and people as well. So the lessons learned from cats in, in how they're standing, how they're posturing, really helps with interpersonal relationships, I think, as well. Wait a minute, was that interpersonal or was that interpersonal? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> come on, guys, it's called behave. You gotta, come on. <laughs> you know, the other thing I think that uh, that's really important is play. I think probably my cats have taught me to play because I've needed to play with them. And, and watching them play and, and interact and playing with them has been a, a huge part of, of my life and something that I think we need to really strongly encourage people to do. More than anything else, we need to, to encourage that kind of behavior, especially if we have cats who are staying inside. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, my newest cat is Ziki. She's a Turkish fan mix, and her two favorite things to do are shadow boxing the wall, which is great, and I can take a paper wad, and she's like a star volleyball spiker. She leaps her body up, and she paws the, the paper wad down, and then she becomes an instant feline hockey star and, and goes all around the tile floor batting the, the thing. Now, neither of those things cost me a single penny. But I got to tell you, I think my endorphins and everything else are like, ooh, I feel good. So what about you, Jane? What's the deal with, do you have a fun little game you play with any of your kitties? Well, the little pop-out pop milk containers, well, the rings on the outside of the gallons and quarts, of course. Right. But I use these little soy creamers that um, have a little inside the spout pop-out thing that are about oh. the size of a nickel and they have a little ring. And... They are the best shape and size to to bat across the floor, and they can be picked up because they have a little pull handle, and and um, it's just been amazing. <laughs> so, and if anybody comes to any of our houses and they look under our couches, under the refrigerator, you know, I'm wondering what kind of kitty toy stashes are going to be there <laughs> until they can move the refrigerator. I think our cats are looking at us like, really. Can you help me out here or can you just get me another toy? So let's talk a little bit about medicine. And, and you guys are very well credentialed. It's nice to bring out the play in cats. It's nice to have some enrichments in the home. But you touched upon this a little bit earlier, Dr. Jane. Cats don't really tell us when they're not feeling well. So I want each of you, let's start with Dr. Jane, to explain the importance of that wellness exam and why it really can save us some money and maybe help our kitties have a longer, healthier life. Oh, I, I couldn't begin to stress that more because cats um, are so subtle about showing their signs. Uh, and we say that, the subtle signs of sickness in cats. And, and there's information on the AFPCatVets.com website about that. Um, it's just important to have your veterinarian at the very least once a year, even with a young, healthy cat. Now, in our practice, in our feline practice cat hospital at Towson, we um, advocate for twice-a-year wellness exams. And what that does is allow us to keep trends track on weight, 
in particular, which can have some very, very devastating effects for cats with can, obesity can lead to diabetes, as we know, and, and arthritis. Um, but dental disease is a very another very common um, abnormality and, and problem that we see in cats. And if we can manage those problems early, prevent weight gain or, or reverse it when it's um, early in the stages just with a wellness exam, then we have done a huge service for the cat. I agree. Now, Dr. Elizabeth Colloran, give us an idea about the age of a cat. I mean, I've been told some interesting statistics, but you probably can be much more specific. If we don't take our cat to their veterinarian once a year, it would be like us not going to our own doctor or dentist like once every seven or eight years, or what sort of shocking correlation can you offer? Well, I think probably the one that I think of most often is the is the one about my going to the dentist twice a year. You know, if I if I went to the dentist every 14 years instead oh, of every six months, you can imagine what kind of problems I ha- I would have and the expense that I would have to go through in in solving those problems and getting myself back to where I belong from a health point of view. So if if you're seeing your veterinarian every six months, it's sort of like going to the doctor every three years, and that's that's really a, a good way to think about it. Jane's absolutely right. Boy, the problems that arise that we can solve early are so much less expensive to, to take care of. And the other thing that happens sometimes in, in a young cat's life um, that we see a lot is, is behavior problems that begin to arise because people don't understand what their cats need. And if, and if I can get a cat owner in a conversation about how to make their cat's indoor environment really satisfying for that cat, I'm going to prevent some behavior problems that are going to, that can lead to things like surrendering the cat or euthanasia. I mean, the, the, the behavior problems that, that people describe become such terrible problems in their families that they can't keep their cats. And so I've, I'm with Jane. If I can just get them in a room, especially the youngsters, and teach people how to make sure that their cat has, has a wonderful place to live, I can solve a lot of problems and a lot of heartbreak. Oh, I think so, too. And and we do want people to go to catvets.com. Explain that, it, yes, you are catering. Your association is of and for veterinarians, but there's a big element on your website for cat owners. We have a lot of interesting materials on understanding cat behavior, on um, how to take care of your kitten, on environmental enrichment, and even how to brush your cat's teeth. There's lots and lots of information there for for people to go to, and there's going to be more all the time. We have a really uh, robust uh, web group that, that are really helping us um, add more and more content for cat owners. That's where it all ends up. Well, what I like, if anybody, once they get off the show, I want you to dash over to catvets.com and look under cat health topics. I mean, they've got everything covered. You've got wellness, nursing, signs and symptoms, medical conditions. There's a keyword search. You can even help people find a feline practitioner in their area. And I want people to dash over also to the catalystconsult.org. Because, I mean, I have seen this organization grow, and I think some of these videos are fun and engaging. You know, there's a video even talking about how you should, if you want to adopt cats in pairs, you'll be able to see where the top cat-friendly cities are in this country. There's just, I mean, a lot of things that you can see how to be able to, there's a cat that took a flight on Delta Airlines. I mean, seriously, folks, this is not like reading a boring, dry textbook. 
these folks, these two organizations, the Catalyst Council and the American Association of Feline Practitioners, they are. They're putting the practical action into bringing out the best in your cats. Wouldn't you say that, ladies? Oh, absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> One other thing that I think would is, is a, going along the lines of what Jane was talking about in terms of getting your cat to, to a veterinarian. There's another piece of that, and that's the car. And I really okay. do want to encourage people to experience the dilution effect, which, which is, you know, get your cat in the carrier and if the temperature is nice and, and temperate out, go to the bank and then go home and go see a pal for coffee and then go home so that the mm-hmm. car isn't the mode of transportation that gets you to the veterinarian but actually is something that's completely benign. That's a good point. And there is a misnomer. Don't you think that cats are just home bodies? I mean, it sounds like Cat Stanley is ready to go. We had an actress on our show earlier named Megan Blake who has a cat named Toot Sweet who has now logged more than 110,000 miles traveling with her. So I think it is a misnomer that we think that our cats just want to be homebodies. Um, my cat, Ziki, you know, you just put on her harness, put her in the carrier. She goes, I'm going. Where are we going? Let's go. Who's got turkey? So, <laughs> there, that's, you know. Yep, that's because you've, you've um, conditioned her to that and made it a positive experience. And as people start to do that, especially early, um, when cats can be um, conditioned very easily, uh, that, that's going to be a tremendous help to making them um, more uh, social, more balanced, and, and, of course, that those car rides and trips to the veterinarian much more cat-friendly. Well, I always get a big kick when I see a sign that says, no dogs allowed. And I'm thinking, I don't say anything that says cats. I was in New Orleans for um, the Pet Sitters International Conference, and I was walking around, you know, in between sessions, and there was this beautiful historic museum building, and they had all what the no-nos are. I didn't say anything that said no cat. I was thinking, man, if I had Ziki with me with her harness, we could go in there. It didn't say anything about no cats. So I don't know. I just think uh, sometimes we don't give our cats the experience that, that we can actually do and. So I'm just glad that you guys are here and, and you are making a difference, truly. I mean, you guys are brainiacs, you know your veterinary medicine, but when it comes down to it, you are offering people some practical ways to make that relationship just purr with their cat. So I wanted to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to add um, before you go off to your busy days. Uh, we'll start with you, Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. What's one last message you'd like to give to our listeners? I think probably I'd go back to suggesting that people actually really use their veterinarian to help them understand the, their cats and what their cats need in the environment so that they can have a really rich life. Veterinarians are, are not just uh, medical con- consultants, but can really help um, people understand the ways, the ways their cats behave and what they need to live a really rich, healthy life. That sounds great. And Dr. Jane Brunt? Oh, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And to to build on that and what Dr. Colloran said earlier about the times to see them, you know, the first two years of their lives is like 24 years in human years. And to think that maybe a young cat where people think that that cat is healthy and, and doesn't need human care and or veterinary health care, um, nothing could be further from the truth. We really, that, that key time of, of um, one year, even under one year to, to two years, to see your veterinarian regularly to make sure you're on the right path to, to a good personality, to a good relationship with your cat, and then continuing that relationship with your veterinarian. 
That sounds great. I'm very happy that our special guests today have been Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. She's a veterinarian and president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Dash over to catvets.com and you'll learn a lot about cats. And then I also am very happy that we've had Dr. Jane Brunn on. She is the a veterinarian and executive director of the Catalyst Council, and that's easy. That's catalystcouncil.org. And finally, this show wouldn't happen without a cat lover, because yes, men, real men love cats, and I'm talking about my producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week, and I'm delighted to work with him. So, ladies, I thank you very, very much for being a guest on our show, and I hope to see you in Boston. You bet. <laughs> and, uh, Jane? Take care of Cat Stanley and Bo Dyson. Did I say it right? You did. Oh, oh yeah. Buddha is one with me. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, High great, five. great. Everybody, it's been a great time. I do think you guys are doing great work, and I look forward to uh, keep spreading the word about cats as editor of Catnip and on this show and more places. So keep me in mind, ladies, and I will do my best to get out good information to people. You're doing a great job, Arden. We'll, we'll see you in Boston. All right, that sounds great. All right, Jane, you behave too, you know, ladies. The show is called Oh Behave. Pause up. All right, so everybody, thank you again for listening. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh Behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.